Hey guys, welcome to the audio version of the We Transform show. If you wish to see the video of this episode, do click the YouTube link in the description here. If you are someone who has a fear around directly communicating, has a fear around speaking your feelings, yeah. asking for what you want, I want you to do this for yourself. Think about what happens if you don't do it. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes what happens is you miss opportunities you waste time, which is the one thing in our lives that we cannot get back. You waste energy when on the flip side, if you just face your fear imperfectly, speak up as scary as it is, the worst that could happens, happen is that person says no and you're back where you started. So there's no harm, no foul. And I think it's really key to Ask yourself that question when you're faced with the fear, what happens if I let the fear win? What is the cost of that? Guys, welcome to the We Transform show, a show where we meet real life transformers and know their stories in the first person because we believe that we all can pivot and transform in our lives and there is no right or wrong time for the transformation. Guys, we have received a lot of love from our viewers in the last 12 episodes and I'm delighted to bring episode 13 of our podcast to you. Today, our guest is Rene Marino, who is joining us from New Jersey, or shall I say Hollywood? Rene Marino is no one else than Mary Delgado from the film Jersey Boys, directed by Clint Eastwood. She was featured in People.com, Once to Watch Variety, and in the Huffington Post. Rene performed and assisted in Broadway shows like West Side Story, Pretty Woman, Jersey Boys, Chaplin, and The Wonderland. She was a part of national tours like Cats and the Disney's High School Musical. She is also the creator of a workout series called Pretty Strong Women, which is featured on her Instagram account. Renee was recently the co-host of the first ever virtual World Summit created by Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi. And she was handpicked by Tony Robbins out of 300,000 people as a winner of his comeback challenge. Renee is also a professional communication coach and soon launching her book called Becoming a Master Communicator, merging new school technology with old school simplicity. We will know more about it from Renee herself. In this episode, we had a conversation around living her childhood dream, taking courage and speaking up, getting her first break in Hollywood, taking imperfect action and power of authentic communication in both business and personal life. So watch the full episode to get it all. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Renee Marino to the show. Renee, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So happy. Wow, I'm so happy, Renee. You know, in fact, when I when I sent you the invite around more than a month back, I was not sure that you will have any time to come to my show. And I'm so delighted that you have really joined today. Thank you so much for uh, making time for my show today, Renee. You are so welcome. Like I said to you before we started recording, I'm usually in bed at this time. So I must think you're special to be hopping on this interview with you, even when I'd usually be in bed. It's so worth it. And I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for that. Great. So guys, uh, let me tell you about our connection. Um, You know, me and Rene were a part of the same comeback challenge, which was hosted by Tony Robbins, I guess, in the month of April, uh, when after the lockdown. And, uh, you know, uh, this was a place which which was which was buzzing with energy. A lot of action was happening there. Um, And it has some 300,000 people in that group. I, I was not, not even aware that a Facebook group can host so many people together before that. Uh, but one thing which was very special in that group, of course, there was a lot of action by Tony and his, uh, you know, his team, Dean Graziosi and many people 
But as in any group, what happens is that when the group ends, when the session and training ends, people leave the group. And I do the same. I leave the groups and I move on in life. But I stayed in this one because of one person. It was Brené. Because Rene was showing up every other day with an inspiring message. And, you know, even more than Tony himself, Tony and KK all stopped doing contributions to the group after some time. But Rene, she was there, right there, even after winning the whole whole uh, show, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> she was showing up every other day, giving an inspirational message. And I can't afford to leave that group, you know, because I was I was seeing you and I was taking inspiration from you, Renee. So oh, that means so much to me. I'm gonna cry. Oh my god! Oh no! That's so special. <laughs> and you know, uh, Renee, sometimes we don't realize the actions we do. We mean a lot to a lot of people, and your influence is on I don't know thousands or more than thousand million people as as well. But uh, that's that's a lot of good karma which you are doing, Renee. So <laughs> let's get started. And there's a lot to know from you. Of course, we'll talk about Hollywood. But before that, I really want to start with the Renee's uh, who was the kid. I want to know your story, how it started. Tell me how your story started, Renee. Yes, I was born in New Jersey. So I'm back here in New Jersey where I grew up and I was dancing since I was five years old. Dance wow. was always my, my first love. And from there, I started doing community theater. And right when I got on the stage, I just, I had the bug. I was like, this is what I love. This is what I want to do with my life. And I worked, I worked so hard training, dance lessons, voice lessons, acting lessons, I was in high school doing the high school musicals, then getting dropped off a dance class, then doing my homework and getting wow. straight A's, really working as hard as I could because I knew that my dream was to perform on Broadway. And when it was time for college, I'll never forget one of my mentors saying to me, well, Renee, you really should have something to fall back on the performing field is really unstable. You have to have a, a plan B. And I said, no, I'm going to do it. Wow. <laughs> and I decided to major in musical theater at a wonderful school, Wagner College. Mm -hmm. And it was some of the best years of my life. I learned so much. And right from the last semester, of mm -hmm. schooling, I began auditioning in New York City. And mm -hmm. the day after my college graduation, I was on a plane to Biloxi, Mississippi to perform as the lead singer in a casino show called Heat Whoa. Wave. Wow. And I was 21 years old and I was like, this is it, I made it. Like I made it, I'm on billboards on the interstate highway. This is it, this is what I've been dreaming about. And it was just so amazing and so fulfilling for me to mm. be doing this incredible job. My family got to come out and see me. And I called my mom the first time I received a paycheck. Okay. And I was standing on the balcony in my hotel room and I said, mom, do you see why I do this? I just got paid to do what I love. And for me, it was like this beautiful, special moment where I was like, wow. I could get paid to do my hobby. Like I've done it for free my whole life because I love it so much. Yeah. So that really propelled me into my career. And from there, I was a substitute teacher at my old high school while I was pursuing being on Broadway. Mm -hmm. And my first really professional musical theater job was the 25th anniversary tour of Cats, the musical. Okay. And I toured all around North America for a year. It was the best training I could have ever received. From there, I did a show called Disney's High School Musical, which was a movie that they made into a musical. I was in the original version of that. Okay. And then I did Jersey Boys on tour. Mm -hmm. And from there, I said, I need to get back to New York City because my dream is to perform on Broadway. So mm -hmm. I need to be in the town they're auditioning. Yep, and a few great. months later, mm -hmm. I 
was at an audition actually for another, like a regional show, not a Broadway mm -hmm. show. And the casting director pulled me aside and he happened to be the same casting director from West Side Story on Broadway. Mm -hmm. And I had auditioned for the show months prior, made it all the way to the end, but didn't book it. And after this callback for this regional show, he said, Renee, do you sing soprano? Okay. And I'm thinking, that's weird. Why is he asking me that? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, we need a replacement for West Side Story on Broadway. You should go to the theater tonight. And I literally said, hello. I said, I think I just peed my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited and surprised and taken aback. And three days later, only three days, mm -hmm. I had my Broadway debut. Oh my which, God. Which wasn't supposed to happen that quickly, but there was an emergency, someone else was out. And three days later, before I even finished rehearsing, I was on the Broadway stage for my Broadway debut. Great, amazing. In fact, this is so inspiring, Renee. Getting paid for what you love is a, is a dream for many, you know? And a lot of people realize this after 10 years, 20 years in a career that, oh, hey, what I'm doing, I need to change. And then they get that. And you getting it right when you were 21 years old is incredible. Yes. Let me tell you something. Happened something similar with me. I, in my whole life, in my whole career, if, I, if you will ask me, Alok, when was the time uh, when you really loved what you do, when you were working for 18 hours and 20 hours and you were not tired, it was when I was doing theater. It wow. Was, <laughs> it was when I was doing plays, you know, it, and it was a very small period of my life when I did it and I loved it. I have, I have acted and I have also directed when I was very young. I was, I guess, 20, 21 years old at that time. And it never in my life, I got such kind of energy. I used to come back late in the night and I used to wonder why I'm not getting tired. I, I just don't That's know, you know, that happens. But somebody told me, as somebody came to tell you that, you know, you should have a plan B. Somebody told me about that, you know, this may not be very promising all this stage. And I was doing comparing and anchoring as well, uh, the whole the stage and theater, and you may have a plan B. And I actually gave up to that thought, you know, I, I switched to computers and all of that. So I did not continue that, uh, you know, that dream which I had or that love that I had. But um, when I was listening to you, I was like having a deja vu. Oh my God, yes, it happened to yeah, me. I love that. And I, lo I love hearing that so much. And everyone who's listening, really take that in and absorb that. How key it is to surround yourself with those people who are going to build you up, tell mm -hmm. you that you can, remind you of your power, because there will be so many who will tell you it can't be done, yeah. have a plan B, what are you thinking, you're crazy. So Tony Robbins talks about this a lot. One of the most important decisions in your life that you'll make is who you decide to surround yourself with, who you choose as your peer group. And it truly can make or break you because mm -hmm. it happens subconsciously for us so often, the thoughts and beliefs of those in our peer group start to ruminate in our own minds. And before we know it, we're giving up on a dream. We're giving up this thing that we once loved and believed in. So yeah. be really conscious with who you surround yourself with. So that's a very, very important message, Rene. And let me ask you now that this was going like amazing. You were doing, and you have done some incredible shows on the Broadway. And I've been to New York and I've seen that light and that charm of Broadway when you reach the Times <laughs> Square and you reach that road and it is like full of glamour. Uh, that was amazing. But how come Hollywood, Clint Eastwood, oh my God, getting into a movie is incredible. Tell me that story. What happened? Yes. So... As I said, I did West Side Story. That was my first Broadway show. Right after that, after that closed, I did a original Broadway musical called Wonderland. Mm -hmm. Then another original Broadway musical called Chaplin, mm -hmm. which then brought me to Jersey Boys on Broadway. And 
Truth be told, I was asked to cover the maternity leave of the girl who was playing Mary Delgado. So for me, this was so special because I'm really from New Jersey. I grew up listening to Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. The mm-hmm. storyline takes place three miles from where I grew up. Okay. So the story is so close to home for me, figuratively and literally. And when I got asked to cover her maternity leave, I was like, thank you so much, God. Like now my family can come see me from New Jersey, play this amazing role. And as I was doing the show, it was the summer of 2013. I was just having the time of my life. So grateful, eight shows a week. And we had been hearing around the cast that they were beginning filming casting for the film of jersey boys okay and clint eastwood was going to be the director truth be told i didn't even think twice about it because i assumed don't assume too much everyone it makes an ass out of you and me (laughs) i assumed they're gonna hire these a-list big celebrities out of hollywood Mm -hmm. he's from you know he lives in california they're going to hire all the California actors. So I didn't think twice about it. One Sunday matinee, we're doing the show. It's like the middle of the first act. And one of my cast members says, Clint Eastwood's in the audience. And I was like, oh, oh. And even still, I was like, that's cool. But I didn't think too much of it. Mm-hmm. Do the show. It goes great. And that was it. We met him afterwards. We took a group photo. It was great. Mm-hmm. A few weeks later they started calling cast members in from our show to audition. Now at this point, I was like, okay, I'd love to be in the movie, even if I'm just a person sitting in a chair in a scene. It would be so (laughs) cool to be a part of this film. I mean, I'm doing the Broadway show, right? So I call my agent and I say, listen, if we can get me an appointment, that would be great. She goes, I'm on it. Mm-hmm. A week later, they put out a breakdown for the role of Mary Delgado. So that means they're seeking the role that I'm currently playing on Broadway. Okay. Now I'm really like, okay, hold the phone, call my agent back. I'm like, okay, they put out a breakdown for Mary Delgado. We have to get me into audition for Mary. My agent's like, I'm on it. Slowly but surely, other girls from the cast are going in. They're auditioning for Mary Delgado. I'm still not getting an appointment. And at this point, I'm like, how am I not getting an appointment? Like, I'm playing the role at the highest level possible on Broadway, but I'm not getting an appointment. What's going on? Yeah, My agent calls me, and she's like, Renee, I don't know what the problem is. They just won't give you an appointment but they'll give you an appointment for one of the angels and the angels sing my boyfriend's back. And at this point, I definitely had a moment where I was just like, what is going on here? If I can't get an audition for the role that I'm playing, what is is wrong? Mm. So I let myself feel my feelings for about a half an hour. And then I said, that's it. What am I going to do? I did my best. I'm still going to go in and I'm going to audition for one of the angels. I go into the audition that day and I'm speaking with the casting director who's so wonderful, Jeff, Jeffrey McClatt. And he's telling me how he loved the show so much. He saw it the night before. I'm telling him how I'm really from New Jersey. And then he says, would you like to sing the song or read the scene first? And this is where I took a moment and it was like my quiet voice of my soul was speaking through me. And I looked at him and I said, Jeff, I have to be honest with you. I was really hoping to come in and read for the role of Mary Delgado. Okay. And he looks at me and he's like, I was just thinking the same thing. And I'm like, awesome. Uh, amazing. <laughs> And he's like, okay, great. Would you like to come back another day to do the Mary scenes? And I said, nope. I'm I'm not going. (laughs) I'm not leaving this building until I do this darn audition. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so (laughs) I sing 
the song, My Boyfriend's Back. I do the scene for the angels. And then he gives me about 20 minutes in the hallway. And I go through the scenes. I come back into the audition room. Him and I do the scenes. It goes great. And I leave there that day feeling completely filled with gratitude. Because for me, what was most important was that I just had the opportunity. Yeah. I didn't think, you know, I was going to get the role. Mm -hmm. For me, it was really about having the chance to audition for a role that I was playing at the moment they were casting for the film. So I go back to my eight shows a week, feeling great, not even thinking about it. And about two or three weeks later, I'm at my childhood home in New Jersey, down the street from where Jersey Boys takes place. Okay. About to leave for my brother's wedding mm -hmm. when my agent calls me mm -hmm. and she goes, you're Mary Delgado in the movie. Clint oh, wow. Eastwood loved you. And I was like, Whoa! <laughs> and I start screaming. I run out of my childhood bedroom. My mom's there, my dad, my 90 year old grandmother. And I'm hysterically crying. My mom's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I'm going to be in a movie. And my grandmother's like, I've been praying for this for years. Oh my God. What lovely. So it was this beautiful moment that I can still feel when I talk about it. It was so surreal. Fast forward about three, four weeks. I am on the film set for the first time. Never did a film before, never have been on a film set before, but I had to trust and know that I knew what I was doing. Yes. And I walk in the first day, Clint Eastwood comes right up to me and he's like, you know, I went around to all the different casts, but nobody was in your class. And then you came in and put yourself on tape and it was the icing on the cake. And I was Poetic. just- Poetic holding back tears right yeah. i'm like this is insane every day that we would film I, he and he and i would eat lunch together and i would pick his brain like a sponge clint how did you start acting clint what does this shot mean clint what do you feel about this clint what about this what about that and i just soaked up every moment of the experience he became a mentor to me and weeks into filming, we're eating lunch as we did, and we're with the producer of the film. They happened to start talking about how Clint knew that he wanted me for the role when he saw me play the role on Broadway. Amazing, okay. And I turn to them and I say, do you wanna hear a funny story? I couldn't even get an appointment to audition. And they both look at me and they go, wait, what do you mean? We requested you. And I said, the only reason I auditioned for Mary Delgado is because I opened up my big mouth in the room and said that I would like to audition. And they're like taken aback because apparently Clint told them from the beginning, I want to see the girl from Broadway. So look, this story is so good because for me, it's confirmation that communication is so important and the yes. ability to speak up for yourself in a loving and clear way will make or break you sometimes. Mm. And if I didn't open up my mouth and speak in that room that day, I could have missed a once in a lifetime opportunity because what we came to find out is there was just a middleman <coughs> associate that was filming a couple, um, I'm sorry, casting a few different films at once and just dropped the ball. Oh my God. So someone else's mistake, miscommunication could have cost me one of the best experiences of, of my life. But oh. because I communicated honestly and directly I gained that opportunity for myself. I love sharing this because it's such an important lesson for all of us to remember that communication and 
authentically and directly communicating with one another is so important to yes. our professional lives and to our personal lives. So that is how it happened. It was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. And from there, I lived in LA mm -hmm. for almost four years. Okay. I did a TV show. I wrote my own one woman show, which was incredible. And then my husband and I got to the point where we were like, we're ready to move back to the East Coast. And right when I moved back, I auditioned for Pretty Woman, the musical on Broadway. Okay. And I did the final workshop of the show and then moved to Broadway with the cast. Wow, incredible. I think there's so much to learn from this, Renee. In this, this whole thing about speaking up and asking uh, those questions is so important. And you know, all those who are listening will relate to it that there may be so many moments in our life which we regret later, where we could have asked, we could have spoken, we could have said that, and there is no harm. You know, we sometimes just get scared by this whole fear of failure, which does not even exist. It does not even, you know, you had nothing to lose by asking that question. You were anyways, uh, you know, getting auditioned for uh, one role, you know, something uh, there. But, you know, you just spoke up and it made all the difference. So, guys, I think uh, learning, this is a great, great learning, Renee, from this experience of yours. I want to add to that and just tell everyone who's listening, if you are someone who has a fear around directly communicating, has a fear around speaking your feelings, yeah. asking for what you want. I want you to do this for yourself. Think about what happens if you don't do it. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes what happens is you miss opportunities. You waste time, which is the one thing in our lives that we cannot get back. You waste energy when on the flip side, if you just face your fear imperfectly, speak up as scary as it is, the worst that could happens, happen is that person says no, and you're back where you started. So there's no harm, no foul. And I think it's really key to ask yourself that question when you're faced with the fear, what happens if I let the fear win? Yeah. What is the cost of that? And the cost for me, if I didn't speak up that day, I would have been kicking myself. If that film came out and I knew that I was playing that role and I didn't even get the chance to audition, oh, that would have broken my heart. Yes. Because for me, it's just about the opportunity. And I believe that most of us feel that way. Yeah. But a lot of times the fear is so intense that we let the fear hold us back. So I gently nudge you and hopefully inspire you to take that action it's always going to be scary it wasn't just easy for me to do that but i knew that if i didn't do it it would be really hard to move forward if i didn't challenge myself wow incredible and as you use the word imperfect uh, you know tony says take imperfect action in fact uh, my whole show started quite imperfectly you know there was there was no plan i just knew that i have to do it and then just started with one of the friends who had an incredible story to share and today i'm on 12th and 13th episode of the same show in some weeks uh, you talk about taking imperfect action and i really want to know from you what does it mean when it comes to terms the imperfect action and how does it help i love that question so much because most of my life I have lived as a perfectionist. And for anyone else out there who has lived that way, you understand the struggle. One yes. of them. Yep. I'm one of them. You, you get it. So you get it, my friend. The stress, the um, sometimes anxiety of feeling like you can't take a step forward unless everything is what you perceive as perfect. The timing is right. The conditions are great. You're in the perfect mood and in the perfect place. That never happens. Life is not perfect. And all that does, that perfectionist mentality is keep you held back. Mm -hmm. It keeps you in a place of negativity because all you're doing is beating yourself up 
all you're doing is focusing on what you could do better instead of celebrating what you've done and you procrastinate. And all that is, is fear, but with a fancier word, right? Procrastinate. It means I'm afraid. So imperfect action to me is taking action even while you're afraid, even when you're not 100% ready. And what happens is the more you train yourself to take action imperfectly, slowly but surely, you develop this confidence by proving to yourself that you can do it in spite of the fear. You can do it even though everything isn't perceived as the ideal conditions. And the more you do that, the more confidence you gain and then the more chances you take. And before you know it, you're in the place that you dreamed of being six months prior. Yes, true. In fact, let me tell you something, Renee, and you would relate to this. When a lot of people, when we went through the comeback challenge uh, for those six days, uh, had this resolution that we will show up and we will share our thoughts and all. And you were one of them who were doing it. And I, I also was one of them who wanted to do it. And I did it. I did three live sessions. And post that, you know, it just, just same thing happened. You know, it is, I, I had this feeling that, okay, maybe I, I, the one thing which I'm going to share is not unique. Uh, the one thing I'm going to share may be not important for others. And, you know, it is, it is, I don't know when this, these limiting beliefs hold you back but they stop you from doing things which you really want to do. And that slows down, that slows down everything which you have been planning. So taking imperfect action is something which is incredibly powerful. I've seen you coming out from a run and then speaking up on the on a live and that, that's like incredible. And you're on set and with your cap and you're speaking your heart out. Oh my God. There's so much to learn from you. I guess that that is what we need to do. We have to show up in that way and that really makes all the difference. Rene, I have one question. Yes. Whenever I see you on a Facebook Live in the group, you bring so much energy. You keep buzzing with energy. What inspires you? Where do you get this from? I really want to know this. I believe that that energy comes from my love of life, my love of service. I love people so much, which makes sense. I performed for, you know, my, what, 20 or some odd years. I love connecting with people. That's what lights me up. So anytime that I know I'm going live, I know that that means I'm connecting with someone or many people. And honestly, I don't know. It's like just a spark within me that gets so happy, so excited because I have an understanding that even if it's one person you touch the life of, oh my goodness, the domino effect that that can have is so powerful. And ever since I was a little girl, truly, I just had such a love of helping and giving and listening to other people's stories. So for me, going live in the groups was so exciting. Even like I said, if my hair was a mess and I'm sweating, to me, that's real. And that's real life. And nothing is better than when someone shows up authentically. Because especially now, we're in this day and age of social media and the virtual world and technology and filters on our photos and highlight reels. So it becomes very easy to get caught up in this, going back to what we just talked about, this perfection where you look perfect and be perfect and speak perfect and act perfect. And I don't know about you, but I just want to see someone real. Like, I just want to see someone truly authentic, even if they have mascara running down their face or (laughs) they they mess up their words. That to me is so much better than all of these perfectly filtered photos and videos. That mm. is not real life. And I'm all about getting to the core of what's real. Wow, that's incredible. That's amazing. And, and, and uh, I really feel that uh, no matter how many things are holding you back, if you just push a little bit forward and you show up, 
then it makes all the difference. You know, showing up is so much important. But you know what? Uh, we all have those limiting beliefs. We all have those uh, small little voices in our head which really stop us sometimes. We have to do that struggle and fight to win that battle. What has been your biggest uh, limiting belief or that little voice which has really held you back and you have to fight your way forward? Oh, that darn voice. Ugh. On a daily basis, I talk to her. Funny okay. enough, I just named her Matilda. <laughs> Matilda? <laughs> Matilda. Okay. Because she, she's just wretched. My biggest limiting belief is that, like most of us, I'm just not good enough. And if I don't work myself to the bone, this was a long-standing limiting belief that I'm, I'm getting much better at, but if I don't work myself to the bone, to the point of exhaustion, then I'm not working hard enough. And if I am not the hardest worker, then what am I good for? Then mm. what am I doing? And that's a common, very common limiting belief for many people. I mean, I'm not good enough. Every, all of us feel like that at, at one place or another. And going back again to doing live videos and connecting with people through the Facebook groups, that actually helps me. Mm -hmm. When I'm in my own head and Matilda's acting up, it really helps to go in and serve others and to get out of my own head and to step away from the chaos that's in, in my brain wow. and try to help someone else. I just, I love that so much. And that's been a really great tool for me to kind of step outside of that negativity that voice that just keeps going and going and does not shut up and just talks all day long. <laughs> the, the, a really great antidote to that is to help someone else, to think about someone else so you're not in, enveloped in your in own world. Yes, very true. And, and that is so helpful. In fact, it's good to give it a name. Uh, you call it Matilda. Yes, let's, <laughs> let's address that uh, you know, devil inside us that, you know, let's yeah. talk about, talk to that person. So Rene, uh, the uh, transition which I see in you now is you moving to coaching and you becoming a communication, authentic communication coach out of every other possibility in the world which you had by communication. I have always been obsessed with good communication. I even wrote a song back in 2008 called, Why Can't You Just Communicate? Open your mouth and say what you need to say. Because I'm obsessed with authentically communicating in relationships. I think, mm -hmm. I know in my heart, communication is the foundation of all of our relationships, professional and personal. So when it was time for me to make a pivot, not that it was time for me, I chose the pivot. I had already started writing my book, which is a book about communication mm -hmm. and how we've lost the ability to authentically communicate because we're so attached to our smartphones and our computers that we don't have what I call that old school simplicity. Mm -hmm. having a face-to-face -face conversation or writing a handwritten letter or picking up the phone to our ears to have a conversation that is becoming lost. And I started writing a book of how to merge these two worlds. Mm -hmm. So I started writing that book while I was doing my last Broadway show, Pretty Woman. And when that show closed, I was already in this world of like, I'm ready for something else. Like I have a deeper calling I don't know exactly what it is, but I know it has to do with communication. And then I took a wonderful course from Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi called the Knowledge Broker Blueprint. Mm -hmm. And it was exactly what I needed. It helps you structure your own business, helps you to identify your superpower, your niche. And it mm -hmm. was exactly what I needed at the exact moment. So I took the course, immersed myself for six weeks, completed the course and became a coach. And it's just been so wonderful. And every day I'm taking imperfect action to learn. I was a performer my entire life. I never knew what it was like to run my own business, but now I do and I'm learning and I'm growing and I'm making mistakes and I'm getting frustrated, but I'm forgiving myself and moving forward. And 
going into the groups and hopefully inspiring others, which inspires me. And the cycle continues. Wow. And yeah. And the more you do it, the more it's like riding a bicycle. When you first hop on that bicycle, you're like, what the heck is this? What am I doing? (laughs) But the more you do it, the more you show up, the easier it gets. So true. So true. And that's an amazing pivot, Rene. And uh, let me ask you about the book. Uh, So can give us a little more details about the book and when can we get it? Yes. Well, everyone, this is very exciting news, but I just found out this past week, there was a press release saying Mm -hmm. that my book is going to be published and I'm so grateful and so excited. I'm getting uh, published through Morgan James Publishing. Okay. And the book is called Becoming a Master Communicator, Merging mm-hmm. New School Technology with Old School Simplicity. And it's a fun, practical book that gives you easy to implement practices of how to use technology in your communication with others as a tool, but not the only tool. And I help you to identify where have you gone awry in your communication skills with your romantic relationships, with your family, with your coworkers. Mm -hmm. And once you identify that, then we, we get back on track through these practices, through awareness. And my favorite part of the book is there's what I call a reflection section in each chapter. And Mm -hmm. it has the questions that are present within the chapters and it helps to hold the reader accountable and it helps the the reader to identify just like a journal would to Mm -hmm. understand oh this is what i've been doing oh this is where i can improve and to me that's the most important part of the book because it's wonderful to read a book and get inspired and then you throw it on the shelf and you forget about it but then what yeah. This book and the, the way I envision it is it can be that book that you read over and over again. You carry it with you as that reminder to get you back on track, to get you back in alignment. I have so many books like that. I'm a big mm-hmm. Gabby Bernstein fan, Jen Sincero, Eckhart Tolle, all of these beautiful yeah. authors and spiritual leaders that I carry their books with me wherever I go because I know that once I read the nuggets of wisdom it's like I'm 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 checked back in and I'm ready to go exactly and there are books like that so I see some books are stories which you listen to them and you love them and you then you can kind of store them in the in the Elmira but then there's some books which are like toolkits which you can use again and again and again and I'm, I'm happy that you're making a toolkit like this I'm going to definitely order a copy and read it. And hey, this is a lot to learn. Uh, you, you spoke about that whole communication thing about relationships. And now this is new for me. I know a lot of coaches who are in communication, but it, it is all centered around corporate communication or business communication. Uh, but what you're talking about is a very different thing because in relationships, which I know, uh, I know many, and I'm thankfully in a very good relationship right now. And I know communication really plays a lot of role, but a lot of couples I know personally, the communication is limited to the daily chores, basic things of life and nothing beyond it. So it's very, very important. Um, How do you see this? Why this whole communication piece is important in a relationship, Renee? I just feel so passionate about it. Like I have chills as we're talking about it because I know in my heart and my soul that once people become aware, aware of how critical communication is to their relationships, their whole lives will change. Yes. Because here's the deal. Communication Mm. to a relationship is like oxygen to life. Like without it, it dies. Um, that there's a, a, a very similar quote that someone said that basically that states that mm-hmm. just like a house needs to be built on a strong foundation. Mm-hmm. So it's sturdy and, and you can build upon it. That's what communication is to our relationships, whether we're aware of it or not. 
So mm -hmm. hopefully with my book, it can help bring awareness to those people who don't look at this as a priority <laughs> in their relationships. Mm -hmm. See, using my husband and I as an example, when we first started dating and I knew that, you know, it was starting to go somewhere. The first time we decided to make it official, I had a conversation with him that night to let him know that communication and being upfront and honest with each other is a deal breaker for me. So if that's something you're not comfortable with, I have to know now because mm. for me, that's everything. Yeah. And that night set us off on the right foot because till this day, we're married six and a half years. That's our greatest tool. Just before, you know, I hopped on the podcast, we were laughing. We were talking about like so many funny things and we both looked at each other and we're like, this is so fun when we're just being ourselves and laughing. The two of us have been working so hard. So we, yeah. again, just like I'm talking about, a lot of my work is done through the computer. And so I'm on my phone a lot. And we both were just like, this is a priority. Yep. And we checked back in with each other and it was just such a beautiful shift. And that's what's possible for all of us when we make that a priority yeah. and not just personal relationships, but again, going back to my story with the film, I allowed myself to have this once in a lifetime opportunity because of communication, yeah. Yeah. literally. Because I communicated directly and honestly, I gained an opportunity. Because if I didn't speak up in that room that day, guess what? Some other girl could have walked in that looked just like me, acted even better than me, and she would have booked the role. All the while, I would have never known that Clint Eastwood wanted me for the role all along. True. But because I communicated, I was able to I mean, change the course of my life in a beautifully positive way. Yes. So I want everyone to understand that communication is everything. It's everything. Because even if you're in a challenge with a loved one, or if you're having some issues at work with your boss, the way that you fix that is by communicating. True. Because... Once you communicate directly and you listen, listening being one of the key components of communicating and you listen and you hear the other person and you can have a back and forth understanding that mm -hmm. can change and transform the situation in a, in a matter of moments. Yes. yes, that's incredible. That's so important. And I really wanted you to share this because a lot of people will be taking a lot of help and benefit from this. And of course, they would be so tempted to get help hands on your book as well. Uh, yes. So Renee, uh, that is in, that's amazing. You know, so much learn to learn from you. Uh, now, if re somebody really wants to reach you and take your help, how can we find you? Yes, if you are looking for help in this area of communicating, especially right now, I want to bring to all of your attention, as you all know, we are in this virtual world right now. Mm -hmm. This is where we're at. We are communicating with each other more through a screen now than ever before. Yes. And for all of us being in a pandemic, this has propelled us into the virtual world, which truth be told, this is the new normal. This mm -hmm. is where the world is going and where the world is staying. So if we are not able to bring our real authentic selves to the camera, we are doing ourselves a disservice. So the course that I teach right now, which is so fun, so beneficial is called how to be yourself on camera. Okay. And it is, it's a must. It's a skill that we all must learn right now, mm -hmm. because if you're a new entrepreneur, this is how you are gaining clients. This is how you're sharing your message. If you are someone who lives really far away from your family, and this is your only way of reaching out, you have to be able to bring your real self to the camera. Yes. So this is something hugely important. 
And that information is on my website, ReneeMarino.com. Mm-hmm. You can also find me on Instagram at ReneeMarinoOfficial. Okay. On Facebook, I am at Renee Marino Master Communicators. Okay. And I would love for you to reach out. I have coaching packages, uh, one month packages, three month packages. And my clients who are utilizing those packages are just improving so quickly because just like all of us, they're, they need the accountability mm-hmm. and yes. we are creatures of habit. It's great when we learn something and invest in a course for five minutes, but if we're not keeping up with it, it easily goes awry. Yes, it's true. So, and I would definitely share all these links in the notes section below. Definitely. So Renee, thank you so much for finding this time to come on this show. Today, the We Transform show must be very happy because we have got somebody from Hollywood joining us here. But the last thing before I say goodbye to you is I can't let you go without that incredible song that you sing (laughs) after every live you do. And I know you're an amazing singer and a dancer. So let's do that song and bring this to an end. All right, so my friends, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, Tony Robbins has these amazing incantations. For example, every day in every way, I am getting stronger and stronger. Myself being a singer, I explained in the group, in the comeback challenge that I sing the incantations. So as I'm running or working out, I sing the incantations. So hopefully you all sing with me. And this is how it goes. Here we go. And five, six, seven, eight. Every day in every way, I am getting stronger. Every day in every way, I am getting happier. Every day in every way, I am getting healthier. Woo! Woo! Amazing. That's incredible. This is super energy amazing thank you so much Renee for the coming to the show I'm so happy that you are here today thank you so much this was my pleasure I had such a wonderful time thank you so much thanks a lot so guys this was Renee Marino and what an incredible story she has just one act of courage just a single moment of right communication at the right time at the right place made all the difference in her life has taken her life from where she was to where she is now. There are a lot of learnings in this episode. I want you to tell me what is the one thing you picked up? What is the thing which you learned today from this episode? And do let me know in the comment section. I'll come back again next week with one more Transformer and share that story with you. So guys, if you like this episode, if you like this series, do like, comment and share the video so that others also can get an access to what I'm creating. Thank you so much for giving your time. See you next week. Till then, goodbye.